I don't think this is really a question, but I will say thank you. That was really interesting. And, uh, you know, I think it's great to think of there being so many new types of contraception in a way that I think for many years it felt like the environment was totally dry. Um, I do want to make one note that the, um, the founder of the company that makes Anavera is a former Jeff, OB I'm sorry, 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 Pennsylvania Hospital OBGYN resident. He was in my class. And so for the residents among you, just think where, what your training can do for you in the future. So thanks. I thought that was great. Thank you, Thank you Dr. Wolf. That's so cool. I did not yeah, know that. I didn't know that either. Hi, this is Kaya. I'm from the Jordan Lounge with a large group of us. And we were just talking about SLIND and yeah. um, how great it is that it's like an additional progestin-only option. We were wondering when it would be more affordable um, for some of our clinic patients. That is a great question. Um, it was introduced in 2018. So I think there's still a little ways before we can anticipate um, a more uh, affordable generic. And I believe that you can contact the company and receive coupons to help decrease the, the price at the pharmacy. Um, I think that that may be limited for patients with publicly funded um, health insurance, but um, we can certainly follow up with the company and see if there's anything more because yeah. it would be super helpful for the patients in Ludmere Center. Um, I also know that um, some of my patients have been refused coverage for SLIND initially, and then I have to do, um, I have to like submit some, um, you know, information to the insurance company for authorization and that that has um, been successful and helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Um, is there any any conceived uh, medical legal risk for using IUDs longer than FDA approval? You know, eight years, twelve years. Uh, is there any concern about that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. That's a great question, Dr. Press. Thank you. Um, you know, we use medications off label all the time in um, lots of different ways. Um, every time, for example, we use mesoprostol on the labor floor. So I think that using medications, including contraceptives um, based on the data, even if it does not correlate with the FDA approval currently is a safe thing to do from a medical legal standpoint. Oh, sorry, I see a question from Nikki here. Can try Navarexa Pharmacy, which is delivery for SLIND, um, cool. That's not something I was aware of. Awesome. Helpful. Dr. Frary. Yeah. I'm um, sorry about my voice. <laughs> um, for the next one on, um, you mentioned the caveat for patients with larger BMIs for the extended use. I'm just curious, like for your own patients, how you counsel, like what BMI number do you keep in your mind? And are you telling them the three years, like just for our clinic patient population? The, um, Data seems to be limited for folks with a BMI over 40. Um, and I think- Specifically for five years? Um, I think for four or five years. Four, okay. Yeah, the data is somewhat limited. So I think, um, you know, talking with them about that, of course, the next one on to three years is so much more effective than other methods. 
So are they willing to keep it in their arm if the efficacy is now going to be more like taking a birth control pill, for example? Um, there, it's certainly still from there's still some efficacy there, it just may not be as highly efficacious as it was in the first three years for them. And how um, helpful is it for them just to keep that device in their arm for a while versus you know switching it out so that they have the peace of mind to know that it's really highly effective. Really looking forward to the larger studies from Merck that should clarify some of this for us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It is sort of an interesting question from a policy perspective, right? The Affordable Care Act says that every person who needs contraception should be able to get contraception with no copay, right? Mm -hmm. So how does that how, how does that work together with the idea that some contraception isn't covered and how do we sort of work on from a again from a policy perspective thinking about negotiating that? I think the way that um they are still able to get away or to get away with that and limiting access is that it's with one thing in every category has to be available. Mm -hmm. It's not every single method has to be available, unfortunately. But um, I think given the improvement um, of SLIND uh, as a progesterone only pill, it's just such a great option available as you know, pills are still the most commonly used form of contraception in the US. And so for those patients who have a contraindication to estrogen, that's a really big problem um, for those who might feel more comfortable still using this much more you know, common and well-known method that may feel more approachable in that it's a pill. Um, so it would be, yeah, great if we could make some progress more quickly in having it available to folks. We appreciate you guys letting us talk today.